Good Humans is a proud member of Accidental Information. For more info, visit accidentalinformation.com. Hello, people of Earth. Thank you for coming back for another episode of Good Humans. I'm so, uh, <laughs> I just made myself laugh because I'm going to say it again. I'm just, I'm so excited uh, for you to hear this episode. This is a special episode for a few reasons. First of all, this is the last regular season episode of this season of Good Humans. Regular season episode? What, it like, is this sports? Um, this is the last normal episode of this season uh, of Good Humans. Um and uh, we're shut. We're going to shut it down a little bit uh, for a little bit over the holidays. Um, I'm going to rest up and uh, I have some things that I'm planning for next season um, that I'm kind of excited about a little bit different uh, than what I've done so far. So that is exciting. So stay tuned for that. But um, so, yeah, that's the first reason this is a special episode. The second reason this is a special episode is that it is has a lot to do with my home state of Indiana, which I love and miss very dearly. And I got to talk to a man by the name of Graham Brown, uh, of United State of Indiana print company. And, um, this intro and the first part of the podcast, uh, are going to sound like a giant ad for his company, which is fine because it's a great company. And I guarantee, even if you're not from Indiana, you'll find things that they make that you love. But, um, it's just, it's the way that I was, uh, introduced to him as a, as a person. Um, we did some business and talked and through that exchange, um, you know, I, I already loved his company and the vibe, uh, of the company. And then in talking to him, um, he's just such a genuine down to earth, nice person. Um, I decided I'd, I'd love to have him on, uh, and, and talk for a little bit about his perspective and, uh, his story. Um, and so that's what we did. And I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, Graham is such a, a fantastic individual, um, and a, a super unique individual. Um, and, and you'll hear more about that, uh, in the episode, but not at all what, what you would expect for somebody who was born and raised in Indiana, um, especially small town, Indiana. So I'm excited for you to hear, um, his, his perspective and and some of his thoughts on life. Uh, we, man, we just, we hit it off immediately and, and, uh, he and I are friends now and I, I'm so happy about that too. So, um, yeah. So last regular episode of this season, I really hope you enjoy it. Stick around because we're going to do some cool stuff next season. That'll be in a few months. Um, and yeah, I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving I hope you have wonderful Christmases and New Year's and any other holiday that you may celebrate. Um, And thank you so much, so much for listening this season um, or last season or at all. Um, This podcast is is one of my favorite things that I do. And I, I say it all the time. I would do it whether or not people listen, but. Uh, it's just that much more amazing to me that people actually listen to this too. So thank you for sticking around. Thank you for listening, uh, from the bottom of my heart deeply. I I appreciate that. Um, and yes, without further ado, please enjoy my conversation mostly about Indiana 
with my friend, Graham Brown. Hello, people of Earth, and welcome back to Good Humans. This is a podcast about exploring better ways to be human. I think I just said this is the podcast about exploring better ways to be human. There may be others. This is the best one, though, I would say. Uh, My name is Josh, and joining me this week is Graham. Um, And this is the first time we've actually spoken in person, but I'm familiar with Graham's work, very familiar with Graham's work, Um, and I'm forgetting your, your... your partner's name grant which is terrible of me no, grant. Okay. The, the graham and grant dichotomy is confusing for everybody <laughs> okay <laughs> perfect all right so i'm familiar with you guys' handiwork but graham um if you don't mind just tell us a little bit about yourself um who you are like whatever you feel like we should know about yeah, absolutely you. yeah my name is graham brown uh i live in indianapolis indiana um i was born in bluffton indiana which is like a small farming town just yes. ima- imagine small midwest town Um, And then I lived for a while in Anderson, Indiana, um, and then I have since moved to Indy. So that is a very nice, as we'll get into, I kind of have a a close relationship with the concept of the state of Indiana. So my life Mm -hmm. has been a nice kind of those three pictures of Bluffton, small rural town. Everybody knows everybody. Anderson is like a a post-industrial city. So it was Mm -hmm. a big GM city and is no longer that. Uh, and then Indy is obviously kind of the our version of a of a metro hub, as much as Indiana gets of a big city. Yeah. Um, so True. so yeah, I studied business in college. I've always kind of been interested in entrepreneurship. I was the kid who was like selling gum at recess to make money. You know, like not yeah. co- not because I wanted the money necessarily, just because I knew it was possible. I guess you know, For I the knew- love of the game. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. So right out of college, I uh, was in a band, was doing kind of a joke band, and the logo for the band was the American flag flipped vertically with Indiana where the stars are. Um, Interesting. I have that shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so, know that's where that came yeah, from. Yeah, exactly. So that was that's awesome. That was a band tee of mine originally. Um, and with the kind of like always trying to start a business thing, I realized mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a pretty solid just shirt design like I could yeah. probably I could probably disconnect this from the band um, so I did that and the name United State of Indiana kind of seemed to fall right in place with that logo uh, mm-hmm. it was pretty hand in hand between the words and the image um, so I made a website to start selling those just like the one black tee with a white print just the one one single idea um, and the slow progression of that idea over the past like eight years now um, has become my full-time job. And this this company called United State of Indiana that is all uh, mostly apparel, but just anything that kind of falls into the gift category as well, yeah. all featuring designs that kind of show off Indiana and let people mm, like apply their own meaning in a lot of cases, yeah. like that, that American flag with Indiana instead of the stars, like, what does that mean? I don't, you know, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> kind of the beauty of the design is that you get to put whatever you want onto it. Um, yeah. So it's been a good ride. I never thought I would stick with one concept so long. You know, I, I am usually, I love the idea phase of things. Mm-hmm. So I love like 
whatever, it's hard to remember now, but whatever the first three months of the company looked like, that first, like, oh my gosh, I feel like there's something cool here that I've never thought about before. Um, That is the phase that I love a lot. And in this particular case, it just kind of got its hooks into me. And now it's what I do every day. That's really cool. Yeah. I can relate to the to liking the idea phase and this podcast is is the longest I've stuck with anything that's been mine. Yeah. Um I've done other stuff and like really enjoyed it and then it usually I don't know. I like I I, I have ADHD too, so like part of it maybe I just get bored with it. But <laughs> yeah, I can totally. relate to that. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I think um, it is, you know, it is like the puppy love uh-huh. Uh, uh, of entrepreneurship or of yeah. creative work. Um, so yeah, I definitely, it's not hard to see why that is the most fun. Cause it is, it's a, it's a space of endless possibility. Right. Exactly. Know? So I, I, so I'm kind of living in the tension of having lost a lot of that now that like a, mm-hmm. a creative endeavor that I do really identify with and that I am really proud of, but that is, you know, it's in the mature phase. Like there, there sure, isn't, yeah. There isn't that brand new, oh, everything feels fresh and there's really no reason to be negative or pessimistic because it's all (laughs) new, you know? Yeah. So I am kind of wrestling with the tension of once one of those takes hold, how do you, is there a good way to keep fostering the puppy love with other ideas or within the idea that's growing, you know? Yeah. Which... I, I mean, like we can we can just talk about some of this now, like the, some of the shirt designs and stuff like that that you guys offer are incredible. I had no idea that that flag T-shirt was like the OG design. Yeah, that is it. Um, that is it. That's why my, a good friend of mine, Stuart, um, who's been on the podcast, he he actually bought that for me. Cool. Um, and I was like, this is so awesome. Uh, he's actually the one that turned me on to the company as a whole. Um, nice. But like you guys are doing some really, I was just on the website cause I actually just bought him a shirt for father's day. Nice. Nice. And, uh, it was the Darth Vader. Um, who's, who's your father? Your father? T-shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, I, I think the best design <laughs> you guys have made to date. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I am not a great illustrator, not a great graphic designer, but I do have a little bit of a knack for those, like two, two to four word phrases that just drive yeah. an idea home, you know? So uh, good. So are you, um, who's like, who's coming up with the t-shirt ideas and like, are you coming up with the ideas and then illustrating or like, you know, what, like, yeah. what is it? Who's coming up with those ideas? Yeah, totally. So yeah, I have a partner who's a 50% owner. Um, everyone who's worked for the company, which is a very small group of people, um, like started as volunteers, started as people I kind of met out in the world That's cool. and then they would say like, Hey, can I help you out? Hey, can I do a photo shoot for you? and then slowly became part-time. And then in Grant's case, he slowly became full-time. And then I have some issues around being a boss. I don't really, (laughs) I was a management major in college and in retrospect, it was just the worst fit for me. But maybe it took that for me to realize that I didn't like it. I can relate to that too. Yeah, yeah. I bet, I'm gonna take a guess. I bet you have a firm grasp of the principles and you understand it but then no interest in practicing. Is that, am I close? Um, yes, that, that's correct. Cause that's how yes. I feel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I was intrigued in college just by kind of the theory of some of it. Um, but I really don't have any interest in telling someone what to do or how to do yeah. it. It's just not my, it's not my thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, Grant worked uh, full-time for a year, and then at the end of that, I made him a 50% owner to say, hey, no bosses here. You know, like you, every decision is as much yours now as mine. Um, yeah. So you get, That's cool. you get all the benefits, you get all the risks. I don't want there to be any chain of command <laughs> in, this, in this creative process. Mm-hmm. Um, so Grant and I come up with all the ideas. And then for simple things, things that like an amateur Adobe Illustrator user could knock out, <laughs> I do that, um, so I do a lot of the text stuff and the icon stuff, simple stuff. Anything that looks hand illustrated is definitely not my work, and those are just friend of our friends of ours that we just shop ideas out to. Hey, I need a, cool. I need Darth Vader in the shape of Indiana. Boom, you know, and just so that's a nice little community that we try to support whenever we can. Of just saying like, hey, we're we're gonna dish you up the concepts. Like th- we know yeah. this will work. Uh, just knock it out for me. You know, you'll get paid right there. You don't need to worry about the process of t-shirt sales. We'll take that on. Uh, (laughs) we just need like your, your handiwork. So, yeah, so that's the process. And then we print everything in house. Um, and it's, it's a pretty closed loop, honestly, between Grant and I, um, it's, it is a, it's a well-oiled machine at this point. Um, and I'm definitely Maybe the thing I'm proud of most is that it is really two people, four people at most. If you count, I have an accountant um, and someone who has run some of the social media in the past. Mm -hmm. But maybe the thing I'm the most proud of is that I think from a distance, it looks like a more substantial company. Um, Yeah. And, and, you know, behind the scenes, it really day to day. It's just the two of us showing up each day. Um, yeah. I would not have guessed it was just basically two, yeah, two I, full-time people. I think even when, when the company was just starting and it was just a few stacks of shirts in my bedroom, I think people already would have said, I thought this was something bigger. And, uh-huh. I, and I think that served us really well. You know, that's a, yeah. good, that's a good spot to be in. And it's a little antithetical to how a lot of the like, shop local movement works. A lot of bigger companies try to sure. try to humanize it and make it seem like their products are being made by less people to give it that right. vibe. And since it was just me, I kind of I was coming at it from another angle. Hey, I'm just one person, mm. but this isn't Graham's tease. Like this is United State of Indiana. Feel like there's some weight behind that, you know? Yeah. So we're like we're talking about Indiana specific designs, which yep. is like a lot of uh, the majority, I would say, of what you do, right? Yeah. But yeah. There's other stuff, right? There's like, um, I just saw, I literally just saw today that you guys are, are doing, uh, fleece gym shorts now, um, with like the Hawkins middle school, uh, logo on it. Um, so there's like some stranger things stuff. There's some, um, parks and I felt like there was, yeah. Parks and rec is, is another big one. But again, you know, to, to (laughs) close the loop, both of those shows take place in Indiana. Right. You know, we're not. Yeah, we're not. It's so it is this. We found this nice sweet spot of those products appeal to a wider audience than the shape of Indiana ever could. Um, Mm -hmm. So we can sell those nationally, but still for the people who think of us as like, no, these dudes do one thing. It's Indiana. Like we we haven't broken that vow. You know, like we haven't said. the moment that we put a Dunder Mifflin shirt on the United State of Indiana site is, right. you know, some of the magic is gone in a way because yeah. uh, that, you know, we've kind of we've kind of betrayed our mission a little bit. So 
I'm not saying we won't do that, but we won't do it on the USI site. You know, like Got it. we we we're careful to separate it. I want people. I would hate for people to think like, oh, United State of Indiana. They used to be really local. Now they just do whatever. Like. Sure. That's the reason people come to us, and I don't want to betray that idea that, like, no, we stated our purpose, and we're going to, like, keep fulfilling that purpose and just keep Super cool. keep growing it, you know? You know what else I love about it, too, is, like, you know, you can get, like, local, quote-unquote, T-shirts at any, like, rest stop on yeah, the highway. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but there's always – they always look this exactly the same. Yeah. Like, they were, they were all designed in, like, the late 80s. Totally. And – all of them just stayed that way and they just keep printing the same thing. And this is like, like I like, these are, these are things that people like to wear. Like they look nice. They feel nice. Yeah. Um, so it's it's starting to sound like a commercial for United States of Indiana, which (laughs) I guess is fine because I I love that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's just like, it's such a cool concept and you guys are doing it so well. It's we well, yeah, well, thank you. I'm a thank huge you. Fan. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, we try. Yeah, I, I try to be thoughtful because it is a it's a slippery slope of if you put out stuff that's too mediocre. And we've certainly put out stuff that was mediocre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like no doubt about it. You just don't remember it because we get rid of it quickly. Uh, sure. So yeah, you know. I was what gonna is, say I don't think I've, I've seen anything. Yeah, like right. That, it comes and goes fast. We <laughs> we realize the error of our ways quickly. Um, but yeah, there is just a certain you know. I think what you just described are are the things that we have. It's it's tasteful designs. Designs like if you walk out of the house wearing it, you won't be embarrassed. You won't like look down and be embarrassed. Like the, oh, this is a ridiculous T-shirt. Um, and then quality, you know, just stuff that feels good. People know the difference. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, it is certainly a product that everybody has some experience with the high and the low. We've all worn a t-shirt that is just like garbage, you know, just falls apart and gets gross. Uh, and then, and I think most people now recognize and even know some of the, the like blank brands we print on. There's a little bit more name recognition than there's ever been of like, this is a good, solid, normal T-shirt and I'm willing to yeah. pay 25 bucks for it. Like 25 bucks is kind of outrageous when there's $5 tees at Target, but there's a huge, you know, I think people, yeah. people comprehend the difference. Um, so I think as long as we don't betray those things, the, the simple things we're trying to offer, um, yeah. we're just kind of seeing where the ball rolls, seeing how it grows. Love it. You mentioned earlier that you like you lived several places in Indiana. Yeah. Um, mostly southern-ish Indiana. No, I would say. no, no, mostly northern. So. Oh, that's right. Because you you were in Anderson. Correct. And then Bluffton. Yeah. Where, sorry. Okay. Yeah, Bluffton, where I'm from, is um, by Fort Wayne. So that's the north side of the oh, state. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. And that's yeah. and then you went to Indianapolis. Correct. Correct. Got it. Okay. So you mentioned like doing that has given you kind of an idea of like the feel of the state, the, you know, sort of the, the, what would you call it? The, I guess the feel, the heartbeat, the, yeah, the yeah, mindset, totally. the whatever, whatever. The, yeah, whatever that essence is. How does, how does that influence? Like, first of all, can you describe that? Cause I'd like, I know what you're talking about, but I, I think I'd have a hard time putting it into words. Yeah. But so how would you describe that? And then how does that influence like the stuff that you're making? At United yeah, States. Yeah. Um, I would describe it. 
And I think this goes along. This is a good conversation to have on this particular podcast because I think the thing that I learned the most, if I had grown up in Indy, went to school in Indy, went to college in Indy, and then still lived in Indy, one thing Mm -hmm. I do know is that I would have a much different perspective of rural, white, small-town, conservative Indiana. Like, it would be very easy for me to just, just... wipe that out in a big judgment sweep of like, oh, mm-hmm. I know what that, I know what those towns are like. I know who those people are like. Because I think most people think of Indiana that way. It's yes. very, like, it's definitely a red state. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It would be easy to dismiss that if all you knew is Indiana. Yeah, totally. Because yeah. Indy's not that way at all. Um, so I think, but, you know, the case for me now is that that Bluffton, where I'm from, and in cities like it, like, I can look back there now and say like, well, I went to high school with those people and like, maybe they, Mm -hmm. maybe they did follow a bunch of the like stereotypical things you got that maybe they did settle down and have seven kids. And now they just, (laughs) you know, they go to church all the time now. Like maybe that did happen, but I know their origin story. And like, I thought they were the bad kids in in high school. They, you know, they were the rowdy yeah. ones. So it does yeah. just give you a much fuller picture of no one is one dimensional. You know, even when it is like I I could still drive through Bluffton and be like, this is one dimensional. This is what I expect. Uh-huh. But in reality, no, those people are living as um, as complex of a narrative path through their life, even if they've never, if they've been in the same house since they were in kindergarten, you know, like the human story there keeps unraveling regardless of your environment. And I think if I hadn't kind of done that, like small town, mid city, big city, or like quote, you know, big city in quotes, um, I, I don't think I could get that perspective anymore at age 30. You know, I, I don't think, Because it really was, you know, having to watch, oh, the like the people that will probably like make my blood boil most as we become middle aged because of their worldview. Like I did share a cafeteria table with those people. So like you better at least give them a few chances, you know, before you write that off, Um, which, you know, and I guess that's about the most redemption you can get being a straight white male from the Midwest, you know, like <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you, true. there's a lot of perspectives you can't get, but you can at least try to uh, kind of solidify that one in and give it a chance. Yeah, man. I've, I've actually, I've, I've said that um, before on the podcast, like there's uh, cause I'll like, I'll talk about anything on the podcast. I, I was just, telling somebody today like there's i will never be offended by honest open dialogue yeah. so even if i don't like the view being presented if if i if it's being presented in a spirit of dialogue and let's actually discuss this cool let's yeah, do it totally and and i have you know like i i have friends that could speak on you know the topics of uh lgbtq um you know sort of inclusion or lack thereof and visibility or lack thereof and um you know, oppression and, uh, you know, the things that they've been through and, um, you know, like, uh, some female friends that are very, very well spoken that I'm hoping to have on the podcast very soon that can talk to the, you know, the 
struggle that women are going through now still yeah. for some reason, you know, who knows <laughs> it's yeah. 2019, but right. I've, I've said a few times, like there, there are a few things that I feel like I can't like things come up and like, I'll, I'll speak the best I can to it and give voice to people that I can, but there are things that come up that I, I can't speak to you because I am a straight white male. Yeah, totally. um, and you know, so I'm squarely in that demographic that, that doesn't have a lot of say in, in some of that, but I like what you said. There's, there's, that's like, that's where we can, I think that's where we can help is seeking out other perspectives, um, and genuinely listening, yeah. uh, for a change instead of kind of, you know, well, this is the world's fine for me. I don't know what your problem yeah, is. Type absolutely. Of thing, you know? <laughs> absolutely. And then, yeah. And I think, um, and it, yeah, the, the, the primary concern is us getting perspectives from people who aren't the, the things we just listed and trying to amplify right. that, amplify their voices when needed because ours have naturally been amplified by the system. Right. Um, and then I think also recognizing people like us, the community we can speak to because we're a part of, the, the white men or the whatever it is, you know, whatever group that is, recognizing um, whatever like dangerous plot points rise up within it. Like, mm -hmm. and, and white men certainly have their like, like we see in a number of ways how the, the emotions that go untouched for that group play out in dangerous yeah. ways. Um, so I think whatever group you're in, you also have that responsibility to look at the people, even if like, White men certainly don't need our voices amplified at all, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, at all. Um, yeah. But I do. But there is a little bit of that responsibility of like, well, I, I should recognize the people who aren't speaking at all. And what like what trauma does that reveal, you know, or what yes. what anxiety is brewing through that? Um, yeah. I, I love what you said a second ago, the the human story unfolds, you know, regardless of environment. And I, I think. I, that as it relates to what we're talking about here, that's so true. The, the idea that no matter who you are, like there is like, you have your own experiences. We're all the product of our experiences, the sum of our experiences. And so we've all got our perspective and whether we're speaking or not, um, I don't think reflects our, our passion or lack thereof. It, it, I think more reflects, what we feel our place is. Yeah. And it's sad when people feel like they don't have the place to speak or the, the platform, um, or that nobody will listen. So yeah, everybody's got something to say. I yeah, think. for sure. And to, and to tie it back in a, in a long, uh, answer to tie that back to your question. Um, we have also had to come to terms with the idea that, the products we're making for USI are will because our audience is already limited. Like it's already mm -hmm. only people with a connection to Indiana. Um, we we have to serve all those people, even the ones who like we really don't have a right. we don't have a profound interest to like get coffee with them. But so yeah. whether, you know, whether that's like, it's such a nice way to say yeah. that, <laughs> whether that's like well-to-do suburban moms, um, or, or people from a small town who just, you know, their view of arts and culture just really wouldn't intersect much. Sure. But the USI is, the, is a nice exercise to say like, 
if we lose any of these groups, there's not going to be enough people left to sustain it. Mm. You know, if the if the suburban moms turn off to this, like that's going to impact our livelihood. So let's not let's not compromise our ideals at all. But at the same yeah. time, like, let's not act like making a product for those people is heresy to our, you right. know, to our creative selves. Yeah, there's no reason, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I feel like I say I was just thinking about this mm-hmm. a lot. Like I say that phrase a lot. I think it's just because my brain's always doing things, whether I'm like actively trying to or not. But I was just thinking about the idea of allowing not even allowing, just accepting that other ideologies exist, even if you are diametrically opposed, just, just because like the world doesn't function otherwise. I like, if I was going to not do business with every person that I think is, you know, whatever, whatever level of, you know, evil or just like unpleasant that you want to label them with, the world would stop. I like you have to oh, interact yeah, with people. Absolutely. And, and, and I mean, think about even if you really just had to make that consideration when everyone sent you an, an email yeah. to work together, if you really had to think like, well, it's, it's part of my principles to like not interact with someone I don't agree with. Like think yeah. about the toll that would take on you ha- yeah. having to contemplate all of this, all of the evil and all of the, uh, mm-hmm. like all of the things that just don't sit right with you in the world. Luckily. Yeah, yeah you're right. I, a, a responsibility to act against them certainly comes into play when someone is endangering others or endangering right. others systemically. But until right. that point, yeah, man, your hair would go gray and fall out fast if you really thought about, like, am I okay with everyone in my circle? Like, yeah. no, probably not. And you don't have any control over that. Um, exactly. You know, so. And I would say you don't, you know, you don't need to be. I mean, like, people don't need my blessing to live however they're living, first <laughs> right. of all. But, like, I feel like I need, like, it's part of my responsibility is making sure that I'm getting opposing viewpoints from time to time. Like there's, there's people I follow on social media. Um, it sounds so dumb to say that I follow people on social media for this reason, but you know, like you don't on a day to day basis, you don't interact with a lot of people that are going to tell you to your face that they disagree with your Mm -hmm. worldview Mm -hmm. that happens on social media now. So yeah, yeah. I purposely follow people on social media that I know think completely differently than me. If for no other reason than to just keep myself in, you know, perspective that there are other people that think other ways and that's okay. Yeah, totally. Like, do, I do. I, I do the exact same thing. Uh, I do it on social media. But the other thing I do is in the car, I will flip it to the conservative talk station and just say, interesting, you know, I'll just say, okay, I'm doing, I'll do a half hour with these guys. Um, and oh, that's interesting. And I'm going to try that. Yeah, I, yeah. I hadn't thought to do that. Yeah. I just never listened to radio, but that's a good idea. Yeah, I, I drive a old minivan that only has radio and there's, no, there's <laughs> okay. no way to hook your phone up. So yeah, unfortunately I'm bound to the rules of the radio. Um, but yeah, it's the exact same thing of you just you know, you get over the five minutes where it makes your heart beat faster because you're so angry and why, how yeah. I can't believe anyone is so stupid. Uh, mm-hmm. and then 
spend the next 10 minutes being like, okay, what they're saying is pretty much what I expected. No surprises here, you know, and then say, okay, why did I expect it? Because that's a real thing that's in the world. Just like, just like certain aspects of my personality could be predicted verbatim because someone Mm -hmm. knows me as a type. You know, and yeah. and that's not all of me, but yeah, that's out there. And and Bizarro Graham, just who likes the opposite, <laughs> who likes the opposite of everything I like, uh, is sure. is out there. You know, and you just kind of gotta gotta be like, yeah, that's what a weird and wacky world it would be if that wasn't the case. If somehow we yeah. knew, if there were any universal truths among all seven billion, you know, there just there just aren't. Um, so you got to make peace with that and then it's and then it gets a little easier to move on and then you can yeah. then you can differentiate who makes my blood boil and who's putting <laughs> and who's putting people in danger and you yeah. and you go exactly. and you go after the second group you know yeah yeah i man how terrible the world would be if everybody actually did think exactly like me that would Nobody yeah, right. wants that. It would be so wild. <laughs> it would be, do that. It would be wild. Yeah, and it wouldn't. Yeah. And it wouldn't work out. So we're, you know, it's a weird time. This in 2019, it is much different. It's a different thing to say. Everyone's opinion is valid right now than it was in yes. in 2002, right? Because yes, we are we're we're feeling systemically the anxiety. Uh, caused by differing viewpoints, you know, or or a, a constant kind of dis- disruption of disagreement. Um, but with that said, you know, I think you can still say that with a few caveats. I think you can still say every opinion is valid. Um, you just you you got to take actions against the one that you the ones you really can't stand for. Um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's a. I mean. Go ahead. That sorry, I, I was just gonna say that. Sta- I think that statement. Um, the the thing that intrigues me is I I think that's we would have said that statement and thought that it meant something different in two thousand two versus now. Yeah. But the only reason we think that is we're just more aware of all the other yeah. people. We're just so much more connected. We're more aware that other people yeah, feel this totally. way and think this way. Which it is- was. I think it was always there. Oh, absolutely. There's, We're I mean, just seeing it. There's no, you know, people, uh, like you hear it over and I mean, it is the mantra of our times that like we're America or the world or whatever is more divided now than it's ever been. And I, mm-hmm. and I know that there are like polls to justify that, but I think you gotta push back a little bit. Like, no, I mean, the, like there are arts and culture thing, you know, like musicians can now cross any genre the a ton of boundaries yeah. between there like we everybody liked game of thrones just straight across <laughs> you know straight across the board yeah. like we're, we we are finding things that we have in common and they're able to yeah. reach more people quicker at the same time than ever so then yeah what so then what's the flip side the flip side is it seems like we're all arguing way more and it's like yeah the the biggest companies in the world spent a decade building platforms to argue on. You right. know, it's like if they put it, it, they reward us for arguing. Yes, absolutely. It's like if they put, you know, a boxing ring on every corner. Yeah. You're going to see right. more, you're going to see more fist fights for sure. Of course. You know? 
yeah, this becomes the national pastime because this is they're what there is yeah, to yeah, do. Exactly, exactly. And, yeah. and your, you know, your parents are doing it. So get in the ring. You got, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. doing it. Um, so and it's, you know, everybody's got a platform now. Uh, yes. So, you know, then you have like the the online activists that, which I, you know. I say that and it sounds like I'm being disparaging. I'm not. If that, if, if you feel that that's your best or only path to be an activist, go for it. I'm happy for you. Everybody does have a platform, but that does lead to like, we just have more access to each other now and we have more access to different kinds of people. So of course we're going to find people that think and, and act and, and live differently. And we're going to be like, no, that's, you're doing it wrong. So here's how you do it. And then of course they're not going to take kindly to that. And then, you know, Facebook says, Oh, there's a lot of activity happening here. We should make this more visible. Um, and then we just are going around in circles. Yeah. And then that, and then that seems like news, you know, that, that, that that disagreement (laughs) happens seems like news. Um, yeah. And that's any, any like activity, any, any large amounts of activity is is news all of a sudden. Uh, I thought side note, since we're just going all over the place, um, I thought yeah. I had a, a just an interesting thing that has been on my mind. We do we sell shirts at the Pride Festival uh, every year. So the right the yeah. Indie Pride Festival. It just happened a couple of weeks ago. Um, but a story came back to my mind, or, or uh, just something I saw a couple years ago. We were packing up. It's at just a big park downtown. Um, a couple years ago, we were packing up, and I like heard a commotion behind me and like behind me ran up like six high schoolers or so. And one was like running away from them. And the, the pack like caught up to him, knocked him down, like just punched him hard, just like bop, bop, bop. And then ran away. And the kid, like the kid stands up. He wasn't like seriously injured, but he was obviously injured, obviously like super shook up. Mm-hmm. And like I was shook up, you know, just just like watching random violence ever is yeah. is wild. Um, so, you know, I I spent the rest of the night like angry, thinking about what I should have said, thinking about if I saw those yeah. kids again, what I would do. And like I am meant to wrestle with that. You know, I was the one witness to one random act of violence and I meant to wrestle with that. But I don't think if there's a video of that, that anyone else needs to wrestle with it. You know, I don't think, sure. I don't think anyone needs, anyone else needed to see that because that is so disparaging. You know, that, mm-hmm. why did that happen? Why did that kid get beat up? Like, I don't know, no one has any answers. So like me, the one person who happened to be there can wrestle with it, but that shouldn't, 15,000 people shouldn't see that. and. You know, and and the the moment a like if someone digs into that story deeper and finds out the kid who was getting punched is gay like now yeah. now you see that and you apply it to oh my god the 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 youth is fucked I thought they were accepting yeah. they are the, now yeah. and now they're beating up gay kids you know and 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 it's so easy to apply all of that when in reality like that was just one random act of violence like. Mm-hmm. One thing that no one should have seen, but was okay. You know, it yeah. didn't. It didn't signify anything. It didn't symbolize anything about the state of how we are as as a community. 
So, so that has come back to my mind in the, uh, for the exact discussion we're having of like, how are we not more disparaged? How are we not more discouraged and upset and like losing the faith when we are like, we're just seeing things we're not supposed to see because we're Mm -hmm. not there. Like that isn't our community. We don't have to wrestle with that. Yes. That's such a good point. We like, we see, I mean, you don't even have to, I just wrote an article and I, I said this, like you don't even have to look for it. Bad news will find you. You spend five minutes online. Bad news is going to find you. And it's usually not from our communities. It's usually not from right down the street. It's usually from someplace we've never been in the country or maybe in the world. And it's just saying, Hey, this horrible thing happened here. Oh my gosh, look what's happening. You know? So if it happened here, it's probably happening, happening everywhere. It must be right. It must be. Yeah. Yeah. And we, our brains, our psychology and, and the way we're, the way we evolved is just, we have a propensity to retain bad news or like, you know, uh, you know, potentially dangerous information. Mm -hmm. We retain that a lot more easily than we retain good news. And, and I, I think that's probably a a result of like our, our evolutionary, like fight or flight thing. Yeah. You you gotta keep, you gotta survive. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, but that's, and that's part of, that's part of my mission. I think with this podcast is to amplify good in the world and, and talk to people who I, I feel like are, are doing some good in the world. And, for no other reason than I, I think if all we're seeing is all these, you know, like this policeman did this or this crowd did this or this, you know, you know, sleazy investor did this or whatever. Like if that's all we're seeing, then that's the world. Yeah. Right. And it's not. I mean, if we would just stop and think about the life that we live every day, we interact with such good people every single day. All of us do. And or I, I should say most of us do. And we don't just stop and think and appreciate that. Yeah. Like we, that's our life. That's yeah. we're living among good people. And then we see that stuff online or on the nightly news. And we're like, Oh, the world is bad. Yeah. When we just had a great day with amazing people. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's, it doesn't make sense that our brains do that, but it's, you know, I, I so there's, I think there needs to be a conscious effort. I guess is my point to, to counteract. Yeah, that. yeah, totally. And and I think the maybe the biggest challenge of it is that the 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 medium of social media, like I don't know how it best conveys the good stuff because the social media does to to be fair um, does amplify a lot of positive messages. But the, pos- mm-hmm. the positive messages are all like freak encounters, right? Like right. Uh, an elementary school plans a birthday party for the janitor, right? And that gets a <laughs> yeah. million shares. Like a baboon and a puppy are best friends, you know. And it's <laughs> and it's, it's so true. That's <laughs> the that's the stuff you see. Yeah, right, right. And you so you never see. It's not really spreading much. Of, of those feelings of kind of joy and um, lightheartedness on a, like, there's no social element of that. Like, you're watching your, 
you're watching people you know argue, but you're not really watching people you know do any meaningful positive interaction. You know, they're, right. there's like boosterism, easy backslapping in, in Facebook comments, yep. Um, yep. but not anything, you know, not what I would consider the really meaningful things, which for me are really small thing. Um, like what's, uh, like there's a lady at the Target I go to who says, come back and see us when you check hmm. out. And it's like, you don't need to tell me, like completely unnecessary to tell me to come back to Target. You know, yeah. like if it's- This a, is Target, yeah, like, I will be yeah. back. <laughs> like <laughs> like that, that's the kind of thing you say like a florist to like, you know, right. make so, but it's those things. Like that that moment of like, you, some, somehow you breached this completely phony corporate structure I'm shopping in and made, your, your words just made me feel like we had some more meaningful yeah. connection, you know? And, yeah. and I don't think there's an analog to that on social media. I don't know. No. I don't know where it exists online. I don't want to say that it couldn't exist online because I I like the internet a lot. Uh, and I but I loathe so but I loathe <laughs> going out on a limb here. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, we like the yeah, internet. <laughs> like I mean the internet is awesome um but it, it it's social media that I loathe and I think it's mainly for that reason. I don't I don't, I mean, I just know for a fact that it is hard coded yeah. to, to spread negative negativity more than positivity. Like there's just, yeah. there's no way that if like in a hundred years when we can like really, cause I'm sure no one really understands like the Facebook al algorithm or the, you know, no one person's mind understands what's happening there. Mm -hmm. And when we can look at it, I think that will be very apparent. Oh, like this, this really did just bring out the worst in this space. Yeah. This was ultimately a negative venue. Yeah. Buddy, you are preaching the truth. I think I like I did. Um, I did social media marketing for quite a long time. That's, that's sort of how I got into like the digital marketing space. That was my, my entry point. And e like even somebody that's like deep in it, doesn't really understand. Yeah, they play things pretty close to the vest. They yeah, don't, oh, like, yeah. You know, they don't oh, say yeah. how it works. No. But if you watch closely enough, you can tell, like, it does reward, it. it's really, so, like, the whole internet, like, YouTube does this. Um, Instagram's a little bit different. I, I like Instagram, Instagram a lot more than is, I do Facebook. Yeah, Instagram is a little bit different. But Facebook and YouTube, for sure, basically just reward activity. Yeah. It doesn't care what the activity is. It doesn't care if it's positive or negative. It doesn't care what it's about. It's going to reward activity. And the way our brains work is most activity, you know, is, is going to be centered around something negative because we're, again, that primal part of our brain is like, hey, this is a bad thing. Yeah. You should see this bad thing yeah. so that bad thing doesn't happen yeah, to you. Right, right. I mean, if, if you feel energized by a post, you stand up. Right. You stand up from your computer. That, you know, uh -huh. the most motivation it could do would be to make you leave and go out into the world. But, exactly. but negative things rope you in further. You know, you need, exactly. you need to get deeper. Yeah. People of Earth, this episode of Good Humans is brought to you by Accidental Information. 
Accidental Information is an amazing inspirational organization that is actually run by Christopher Swan, who was a guest in last season of this show. What he's doing with this organization is helping each and every one of us celebrate what makes us different and then use that to improve our personal lives and our careers. I love this organization so much, and it's not just because we just joined their podcast network. It's because each and every article and show that they have contains directly applicable and practical advice that will improve your personal life or your career. I love the articles that they post, such as how binge watching helps you live a better life, five amazing people who have used adversity to spark creativity, five ways to learn from every podcast you hear, how to tap into your creativity, and so many more. If you're interested, you should check out accidentalinformation.com and tell them good humans sent you. How does this, how does this line up? So the experience of growing up in a really, really small town, um, you know, like one or two traffic lights, probably like everybody knows everybody. I Bluffton is a little bigger than that, but I did live in the country. So I was even secluded from Bluffton. Bluffton has maybe like six stoplights, but I didn't have any houses within like a half mile of my house. So yeah, out out in the boonies for sure. So, so going from that to like a little bit bigger, um, in Anderson and I love Anderson. I've, I've never been to Bluffton, but I love Anderson. Anderson is, is a beautiful little town. Yeah. Um, I think, are you familiar with Gaither studios? Yeah. Like Bill yeah. Gaither and yep. that's there, right? Yes. It's, it, um, that's technically in Pendleton, but the Pendleton Anderson. Oh, it's adjacent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, uh, little known fact, humble brag. I recorded at Gaither studios once, awesome. um, with my college singing group. Uh, awesome. so I, I love Anderson. It's a really pretty little town. Um, and then, you know, up from that to, to Indianapolis and that's like, you know, state capital. It's, it is a, it's a, I would say it's a big city. Yeah. Um, I love Indy. It's so clean. Yeah. Is like, that's yeah, the totally. thing that always impresses totally. me. Um, but how does all this translate? You're so you're like, you're probably growing up with what we would expect, like, you know, uh, an Indiana boys perspective to be. Mm-hmm. And then you're so you're going from that to Anderson, which is probably a little more progressive. That's the that's yes. the impression I get. I will at say least. I will say I was like a, a anarchist in high school. My uh, like oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. so so I you guess, started early yeah for sure for sure I was pretty right. like I mean it was very unfounded and like stupid. Where did it, that come from? Uh, just the group of friends I had who uh, I definitely had friends who were like. And this was not me, but I was just around it. But I had friends who were like very into Kierkegaard in high school. So like, I was in in deep circles. I wasn't ever particularly that person, but I was adjacent and then kind of contributing. Um, I think maybe like literally those friends I'm thinking of have gone on to either be theologians or or philosophy professors. I've gone on to be an entrepreneur and I think that was being reflected at the same time. So I was sure in high school, I was making my mom boycott Walmart, you know, doing like <laughs> do uh, starting a website of all the cool places to eat in Fort Wayne. Like I think that yeah. that local uh, recognizing that there's an ethical choice in where you shop. I think that was kind of what was coming out of me when okay. when my other friends were also introducing me to like meaning of life. Type, type that's incredible questions. so you so you're not you're not like the the typical like high school anarchist in the way that like 
you know, I'm going to wear black nail polish and smoke cigarettes. No, You're, no it's would, yeah. it's like a genuine, like philosophically founded. Correct. Yes. Um, I was extremely like studious, never did it. I mean, I've like never gotten in trouble in high school at, wow. at all. Um, but yes, was very like, there was a magazine called ad busters back in the day that was kind of like the anti-capitalist magazine. And, wow. and that was kind of my manifesto. Um, which was, you know, and then what, what a, like, it doesn't really make sense to me. Like, why was that my thing? And then I went to business school. Like I was purposefully throwing myself, <laughs> you know, I was throwing myself in with like what I considered the worst, like the, the aspiration, <laughs> the worst kind of aspiration. Um, but dude, you did, you did one of the most punk rock things, which is like, yeah, I'm going to start a company, but like, it's only for, it's only this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing one thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. that, and that is, yes, that is my personal, there are a lot of philosophies that I could ascribe to the company that I run now, but the biggest one and the most important is like, yes, th this company, because I've. I've taken in enough money. I have a big enough email list. Like it could be anything. We could be selling sure. socks. We could be selling a monthly subscription for counseling. Like any, I, I have a big enough audience that is it the like the modern American dream would tell me like you could make whatever you want and and people mm -hmm. will buy it now. Um, and they would. And they would absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess one of the like. <laughs> The key cornerstones is like, no, that that is wh whether you want to call it unethical or just harmful, like it's a certain abuse that I would be doing. So, yeah, there are definitely, you know, there's a certain sense of purposefully limiting where it goes. And my partner, Grant, doesn't really share that opinion. So we have a really healthy like back and forth. Of sure. him being like, well, what are we doing here if it's not growing? Like, what are we doing here if we're not finding new things to do? And that's entirely true. Um, but and then the, I'm kind of the yin to that yang of like, well, yeah, but yeah. who's telling us we need to do more? Like, if there's nothing more to do, can we go home? Like, can, <laughs> can, can we do, you know, can we do things that are really fulfilling, which is sitting around with our spouses and like, you, hanging out sure. with our neighbors and like things that don't have to result in a sale in a, in a credit yeah. card being swiped. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, that's the tension. Oh, I, I appreciate that restraint so much. Um, <laughs> capitalism has been another one of my sort of, uh, I don't want to say obsessions, but, but, focuses lately. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking a lot about like what happened, you know, what does the world look like in a post-capitalistic society? Cause I don't think we're too far away from that. Maybe not in our lifetime. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe in the next couple hundred years that we might, we might find out what yeah. that's like. And, uh, I appreciate that restraint and that. So when we were emailing back and forth about setting up this episode and I said like, you know, I, I want to talk about some of the vibes and, and stuff like, you know, not just the company, but sort of the feel of the company that was, I think without realizing that that was, that was part of what I was talking about that. Cause it's, I think it's evident. Do you, do you, have you like spun any yarns in your mind of what a post-capitalist society have. looks like? What do you think that I is? Have. So I, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. Um, and a, a friend of mine, uh, Adam, 
uh, is his name. We we went real deep on this one night. So my my view of it seems to be a little more rosy than maybe most people's would would be. But so eventually, I we're already we're like I said, we're already heading there, right? Like the the middle class is slowly sort of going away, um, or not so slowly, depending on where you're at. And so then that leaves us with like a lower like working class that is working probably two, three, four jobs, maybe to, to make ends meet, support their families, you know, maybe go to school if they've got a little extra free time and, and upgrade a little bit. And then you have the upper class that's sort of, you know, that's they're reaping the benefits and they're 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 the ones, you know, developing the products to sell to hopefully the middle class, which is disappearing. And not so much the lower class because they can't really afford it because they're just trying to buy food and provide for their families. Yeah, right. And so at some point, then you you've the scales are going to tip so far to me that there's no more middle class. There's lower class and upper class. And then the upper class is producing a ton of things that nobody can afford to buy except the upper class, which means they production goes is just too much at that point because there's only so many people that can buy so many things. Right. And so then you have so many more people that are on the low end than on the high end that there's all this surplus. So then it becomes not really worth that much anymore because you've got way more than you need. And the people in the lower class can't buy it and they're not going to give it to them. So you just have all this surplus. And then the whole thing, you know, after, after a little bit of that, if that's not corrected, then the whole thing crashes. So then you've got a bunch of people that can't afford to buy your iMac, you know, yeah. Pro 5000 or you yeah. know, whatever it is at <laughs> yeah, that point. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the, the people that can't afford to buy it, but, you know, maybe they've already got two. They don't need one in every room in the house. It's just, you know, then it's just clutter at that point. So nothing is worth really anything at that point, which means our currency isn't worth anything at that point, which it already is not. And it's just a shared fiction. So we then we're kind of stuck in this place where the lower class is, is saying, well, there's no reason for us to work for you anymore because the things you're selling aren't worth anything. The, what you're paying us with isn't worth anything. So then nothing's worth anything. And so then everybody's sort of back on the same playing field at that point, sort of. And then my hope, my, like my vision of it is that the world sort of realizes at that point, Hey, there's more than enough for everybody. Yeah. We just maybe like one person's in charge of making sure that everybody's got water. One person's in charge of making sure everybody's got food and we can make sure that we're all provided for, but there's more than enough. If we would just take a step back for a second, because this isn't working. Right. Um, so any, that's where my mind goes. Yeah, I realize absolutely. that's probably not the nature of humanity, but <laughs> that's how I think of it. So the, the, I think the most interesting, yes, right. There's, there's definitely like, that's a timeline that it, that it is entirely plausible. The interesting thing I think to, to think about it, if we said, okay, like that, the, there's enough for everyone. And the the end game that you just described, the interesting thing about it is that it seems extreme. The the system you just described, one person's in charge of making sure we have water. One person's in charge of transporting water. Uh, That system, which seems to be like maybe how things really straighten out, seems very antithetical 
to a to a mentality that like our generation is pushing right now, which is do right. which is do whatever you want. Host your podcast. You can do it. Like the barrier to entry is lower than ever. Start your com- mm-hmm. start your company. Make your movie. Do whatever you want. Like and that. So like both you and I are kind of living like the bonus of that experience. You know, realizing that that is really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. That's a really powerful thing to to be able to achieve. Um, but that stands in stark contradiction to what you just described and what I would echo as the, maybe the only way that things will work, which is no, like mm-hmm. in, in that, in that system, they're like, you have a podcast. That's funny. Like you can do it in your spare time. <laughs> you like right. your job is fences. You make sure the fences yes. stay up, you know? And, uh, so I do. But I, don't you feel that like stuff like that would be less, I feel like if that was the society we lived in, I wouldn't need to do this podcast. Yes, correct. And and if you did it, if you did it in your spare time at home, you wouldn't ever worry about whether you could make a living off of it, which is what we're in now. Both you and I ultimately in one way or another, the, the dream at least that people see us living is that we escaped the rat race, right? We escaped, (laughs) we escaped having to, to work for someone, you know, anytime you see anyone creative, you think, well, you know, that must be interesting to, to not have to answer to a boss. That's the one advantage Mm -hmm. we, we can get. Um, but yes, you're right. If everything was taken care of and you were assigned your piece of the puzzle, you could either just not have the need for that creative outlet or you'd find it in a way that didn't have to justify itself because of how much money it made, which would be, right. you know, which and, would be way better. And I, I would say like, you know, not that art wouldn't exist, but I, I, I would say that the, for me, the need, the need to be like, Hey, everyone, let's just figure out how to be human together uh, I don't, you know, if, if that was a, like that to me is a, a, what a good society, what we're talking about. Yeah. That's a, that's a healthy society. That's a society where everyone has purpose and everyone is, you know, we're all sort of, no matter what we're doing, all of us sort of have the, the good of all in mind to some level. And I, I wouldn't, I don't think I would feel the the calling to say, Hey, there's better ways to do this human thing. Right. Because right. we'd already be doing a lot of totally. it. Totally. You know and, I mean? <laughs> and I might and I certainly might have no need to put the place you're from on a t shirt because it would be like, ah, we actually like where everybody's from because they're all great. <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, like that didn't oh, that's the, so true. you know, the borders don't really matter anymore. Yeah. Um yeah, and that, I, that's a really interesting idea. Would some of our would some of our proudest creative achievements be obsolete if if the world was in balance you know which i which i would totally be fine with i don't need to print a single more t-shirt you know like um but but that 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 is an interesting tension the last question i have for you is the question we ask everybody on the podcast um since the name of the podcast is good humans the question i ask everyone is what does it mean to you to be a good human what does that look like how do we go about it um, you know, just from your perspective, no real wrong answer. Uh, and I, I feel like we touched on some of it, but, um, 
yeah, I just always like to get people's perspective and advice on on how to do that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Um, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> and we just wrap it up there. I don't know. I okay, don't know. cool. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the the best insight I could give from my own experience is to have the conversations we're having. Like the a lot of what we just talked about boils down to like we're doomed. Like we're we we might be really doomed. <laughs> Um, and to, to have those conversations, to embrace that, however you see it, like, because there, there are a lot of people in the world who think we're doomed for much different reasons than you and I do, you know, who, who like things that we think are extremely positive additions to the world. That's what those people think are doomed. Um, but I think regardless of that, have those conversations, embrace it, like fantasize about what that means for the future. Don't be afraid of it. But then every like every one on one interaction, you got to be the opposite of that. You get every one on one action interaction needs to be like we're good. We're fine. And this one interaction is making us better. Like I need to be putting out the right stuff into the world because the, the, what the one-on-one has not changed. Like what we're doing right. Like uh, many of the philosophical, like just little quandaries that we've turned over tonight. Like, isn't it empowering to think like, like Vikings did those conversations, (laughs) you know, Egyptians, yeah. Like Egyptians building the pyramids, like did some of those conversations like that has not changed. Like we are still wondering some of the same things we've always wondered. Yeah. So, so do that. And then just don't, just don't ever get violent. You know, always stay like always stay open and like as human as you can be one on one, because like we we might be headed to the matrix where no one is really human (laughs) anymore. Like that might be happening, but you got to fight it a little bit as you can with whatever you do, whatever job you're in or whatever, like social circles you're in. You you just got to like stay just stay human i guess that's my that's my thing that's so interesting that's interesting advice like it and that i i was gonna say until you said that last thing because i i i love the the slightly different lens that just those words stay human puts on the rest of that because until that moment i was like yeah like nurture the you know the little anarchist inside all of us i would say and in some ways, staying human feels like a little bit of anarchy. Like it feels like we're bucking the system a little bit by holding on to that humanity. That's a great answer. I love that. Yeah, I think that's the best I got, at least. I'm not, I, <laughs> you know, I don't I certainly have no expert opinions on how to be a good human. Um, but it's simple. You know, the, the big yeah. questions often have simple answers. Um yeah. So yeah, just don't don't let it weigh you down and 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 stay human despite of it. Yeah. Are you a good human? Oh, I think so. I think so. I don't 
I am I am very non-confrontational, which causes a lot of problems <laughs> in, in, sure. in, a, in an adult existence, in a marriage, in in a lot of in in running a company. Being non-confrontational causes problems for sure. It increases. Sure. It adds anxiety. Um, but I I will say it it being non-confrontational limits the violence it limits the hurt you know and and i would much rather scramble with some of my own anxiety and ask for forgiveness and make an apology than react in a way that i don't want to and then because it's hard to come back from a strong reaction you know it's a lot harder to apologize for that um so yeah i try to you know I just, I try to be as good as I can try to remember, uh, this is a big thing for me. And I guess this goes into my answer and this is kind of maybe the, the, my final point. I, a thing that really irks me is when I hear people say, I can't believe someone would do that. You, you, whether, whether you're watching a a neo-Nazi rally, whether you're talking about a coworker, when it, it really bothers me when people go, I can't believe how I can't imagine why they would do that. And it's like, yes, you can think a little <laughs> like think about everything you've seen in your lifetime. Yes, you certainly can't. You know, our our grandparents were alive while the Holocaust was happening. Like and those are our yeah. grandparents who who, you know, might have been the most wholesome people in our lives. Like, yes, you certainly can imagine a human doing anything possible. So don't get hung up on that. Don't don't let a a wonderment at their motivations distract you from the fact that they did it. It happened. And and you're both still human. Both people sitting here are still human. because I do think we're a little bit going down that trail of just everyone saying, can you believe it? I can't believe it. It's mm. unbelievable. Yes, believe it. Believe all of it. Lend it that respect to at least believe that, yes, someone someone with their own motivations who thought they were the good guy in the situation did this thing. And now and make your peace with it and then decide how you want to change the world in regard wow. to that, you know? That's so good. Um, wow. That's so good. That was like a twofer. That was like the good humans answer. And then like a little bit extra sauce. Ooh, on came back like around it. with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, if, yeah, for the record, I agree. I think you're a good human. That's, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast. I, I think you're doing really cool stuff. Um, I, I love United State of Indiana. I'm, I'm actually rocking a United State print company. Which is t-shirt. awesome. Yeah. Those are like the, um, yeah, those are the shirts we like, like the most. Cause that's like, you're yeah. really repping us, you know, you're yeah. repping the two of us for sure. Um, so yeah, man, I, I love the stuff you're doing. I, I love the, just the, the way you view the world and your, your approach to things. I, I think it's really refreshing and admirable. Um, where, if, if people want to, speaking of humanity, if people want to get a hold of you, ask questions, um, see some of the stuff you're doing, what's the best way for, for people to do all that? Yeah. If you want to get a hold of me, please do. Um, my email is Graham, G R A H A M at United state of Indiana.com. Um, so yeah, anyone is welcome to email me. 
if you want to check, if you have any connection to Indiana or are just curious about the brand, go to unitedstateofindiana.com. Um, and then really the biggest shout out that I would like to extend to anyone listening is that we do a lot of custom printing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's been a whole new avenue for me because when you're in, in retail as the brand is like, you really don't get to develop a, like a, a longstanding relationship with your customer. I don't, I don't, yeah. someone doesn't email me and say like, Hey, I'm thinking about buying one t-shirt and I'm like, Oh, hey, let's grab, <laughs> let's grab coffee and pick it out. Right. You know, like, yeah. Um, so doing custom printing and working with other businesses and organizations has been awesome and a huge thing. Uh, the, cool. the, the conversation that we're having kind of sprung out of you reaching out to me about T-shirts, which is awesome. Yeah. And that's so – Yeah, I'm about to order some like in a, about a week or so. Yeah, I'll, that, be, I'll be putting my order yeah, in. Yeah, that's awesome. So if anyone yeah. listening has a project that they're getting off the ground um, or a project that's in full swing, I can – if you're listening this long, hopefully you don't find me too offensive. Um, so I, I can promise I, I take, can't imagine anybody finding you yeah, offensive. <laughs> I take those relationships really seriously. Um, uh-huh. And I've actually used the expression, we're the most human screen printers in town often. And that works perfectly cool. for, for this venue. Um, so you can find information about that. Either email me directly, that's totally fine, or you can go to unitedstateprintco.com and you can kind of see the the spread of what we're working with there. Um, so I would love, cool. anyone who's listening, I would absolutely love to knock out a batch of t-shirts for you. Um, it's what we do well. It is kind of mm-hmm. our, it's our craft. So I love being able to share that. Yeah, man. And and from experience as a, as a customer, um, the, the quality is great. The printing is awesome, but like just the t-shirt itself, like super good quality. Um, so yeah, it's a good product. It's not like I've, I've had t-shirts printed other places and I won't drop names and, and like throw shade, but it's not always the best experience quality wise or service wise, but, um, it's not. I, and, you guys and have an the, awesome product. The, the first uh, like five or six years of the company, we other people were printing our stuff. So I know I know that thing <laughs> well. Yeah. And it, it wasn't until we could kind of bring everything in house where that let us be like we man, our livelihood has been tied to how uncommunicative screen printers are and, yeah. and how hard they can be to work with. Yeah. Um, so now that we're in that position, we take it very seriously, you know, and we, Alrighty, we, we want to make sure that everyone's happy. Love it. Well, dude, I really appreciate you making time to do this. This ended up being a longer conversation than I even expected, but it was so good. Yeah, um, it was awesome. And I appreciate it. Truly enjoyable. Cool. Well, I, I would love to stay in touch. I think you're a cool guy. And now that, now that we've gotten the weirdness out of the way of the initial conversation, we can, we can just be friends now. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for doing this. This is really good. People of earth. If you're, if you made it this far, thank you for listening. And I would love for you to go say hi to, to Graham, um, check out the stuff. Even if you're not from Indiana, I guarantee there's something on the website that you'll like, um, they just have so much cool stuff. So go check them out, show them some love, say hi. Um, just be nice to Graham. That would be a, a good thing to do. That would make me happy. Um, and until next week, be good to each other. <laughs>